Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, uh, and in the studio with me today is my co-host, Doug Wortham. And on today's show, it's our annual year-in-review show, and we're going to speak with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and Minnesota's government, Governor. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Menke. As the cold of Minnesota's winter sets in, please take time to prepare yourself and your family for a safe and enjoyable season. First, as you plan for your winter travels, know before you go. Check on current weather warnings and always plan for extra time on the roads. Also, be sure to prepare an emergency survival kit for your vehicle. Next, dress for the cold and know the signs of frostbite. Great waxy skin and numbness in your extremities are early indicators. Frostbite and hypothermia can set in very quickly. Finally, be sure to check your carbon monoxide detectors for battery life and effectiveness. It's also a good idea to have the furnace tuned up by a professional if you have the means to do so. Whether you are one of our airmen or soldiers or part of our larger Minnesota community, we wish you and yours a happy and safe winter season. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Doug, uh, these are a couple of my favorite shows this week. Next week, we get an opportunity to take a look at uh, what has happened in 2023 and what's coming up for 2024 with the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs and the uh, governor's office this week. And next week, we're going to we're going to talk to the Minnesota National Guard and, and the uh, uh, VA Medical Center uh, to see what all of those people have been doing to help our veterans and our service members. Should be a fun time. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great time. It's always good to do a show like this because we go for the 12 months of, you know, speaking with each of these entities, hearing bits and pieces. But it's nice to bring it all together and, and wrap it up, put a little bow on it, so to speak, and talk about what was and what is to be. Well, we're going to we're going to open up with a, a very special one because we're going to talk to the commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, Brad Lindsay. Brad, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you today? We're doing great, Brad, and uh, kind of excited for you. You're in a little different position than you've been in for a while. I, I am. I finally got to remove that temporary title uh, from commissioner. So you know, and I found you. that was kind of hard to always keep introducing you as the temporary commissioner when we do the commissioner's corner. So it's nice to be able to actually say commissioner. Especially after nine months. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> well, congratulations, and uh, the governor made that announcement this week. And for our listeners, uh, you've been with this agency for a long time. Yeah, I originally started uh, with the agency January 24th of 1999, so almost 25 years ago. So you've been through a lot here, and uh, taking over as commissioner is going to be, should be a lot easier for you than somebody that comes in cold. I should hope so. I should hope so. And easier for me because I don't have to train someone. Well, and we're, <laughs> we're, we're sitting over here in your offices at the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and we're looking at the Capitol just out the window, and uh, we've had a couple of good years with the state legislature with the uh, what we're calling a veterans omnibus bill, two years in a row. Uh, that's a pretty pretty heavy accomplishment, I'd say, for 2023. Absolutely, yeah, and we're hoping to continue that into the future, uh, you know, keeping uh, our veterans' bills out of the uh, sometimes the more controversial political uh, 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 bills. Uh, it makes it a little simpler for us and gets things done more quickly. Well, the legislature had a long history of taking a lot of things and jamming them into one enormous omnibus bill and, Accidentally, they leave out a bunch of stuff that was pretty important. So what we've learned is when they put it in a veterans omnibus bill, they get pretty unanimous support from both parties, and uh, things work a little easier. Absolutely. We get really good bipartisan support when when there's just the things that veterans care about and need. Can you give us a little detail about some of the stuff that was included in this year's omnibus? 
Sure. So, uh, um, you know, we had already uh, in the previous session gotten a post 9-11 service bonus uh, for all of our veterans who served uh, after 9-11 in Iraq and Afghanistan and other places. Uh, But our original bill uh, was modified a little bit and uh, we didn't uh, uh, we didn't include those who had joined the service from other states who now lived in Minnesota. Uh, we got that changed, and now any veteran uh, who lives in Minnesota is a resident here uh, and who served between those uh, eligibility dates post-9-11 is eligible for uh, one of the levels of the uh, uh, service bonus. Uh, we got some more funding with that, of course, uh, about $15 million, uh, additional dollars. And we also added uh, additional service medals uh, that had been uh, excluded from the original bill as well. So uh, we're moving along really well on that. Uh, We're closing in on uh, what the Persian Gulf War bonus was. Uh, They uh, only hit about 46% of those that they had projected to be eligible. And we're already at 43% for the post-9-11 GI Bill. And we still got uh, uh, another year or so to go. So... Where I think we're going to surpass that uh, Persian Gulf War bonus. So, Commissioner, for our listeners, if they think they might be eligible for one of those bonuses, is there information on your website? Yep, they go to our website, or if they go to minnesotaveteran.org, they'll find uh, the direction uh, to apply, and it's all done online, and your documents are uploaded uh, right there on the web, and uh, we'll process it and get it taken care of. So for our listeners, go to that website. If you think you're eligible, uh, put in the application. The commissioner wants to spend that money. Absolutely. The commissioner, uh, we're going to have the governor on later in the show, but one of his priorities since he's been governor is to eliminate veteran homelessness, and you were working on that in that omnibus, omnibus bill as well. Yes, uh, we got some additional programming money uh, to pay for uh, stays like uh, to get a veteran who's on the streets into like a hotel uh, or things like that for temporary housing so that they're safe and we can start working on a a housing plan for them. Uh, And we got some additional funding for uh, some of our partners, uh, MACV in particular, to uh, create more housing that we can move veterans into. So it's uh, been a big help to our effort. And at the same time in that bill, uh, you had to go after some money to support uh, the veterans' homes and the cemeteries. Yeah, uh, we've always, uh, we always run a little short. Uh, we get a little more behind sometimes over the years, and we don't get all that we've asked for. Uh, the uh, cemeteries actually uh, were never uh, fully funded, uh, starting with Little Falls. We only got partial funding for it from the beginning. Uh, and uh, this last session was the first time that all of our cemeteries' operational costs are fully funded by the legislature. Including a new cemetery that you opened this year at Redwood Falls. Ab- absolutely. Yes, sir. And a big project coming up, uh, Hastings Veterans Home. Yes. Um, so Hastings was an old state hospital, as you probably know, Um Built, I think the building that's uh, mainly in use right now was built in the 70s. It uh, uh, was never uh, for the purpose intended for the purpose we're using it for. Uh, so it has its challenges and it's getting old. And so we got uh, about $78 million, which is the state portion, uh, to replace that facility with a brand new uh, facility for our veterans who live down there in our domiciliary program. So that was a new project, but we were just coming off some old projects. You opened up the Redwood Falls State uh, Veterans Cemetery, and there's three new veterans' homes in Bemidji, Montevideo, and Preston. 
Yeah, we uh, we dedicated our Redwood Falls Cemetery in August. Uh, it was probably, uh, for those of you who are there, I think it was probably the hottest day we could have picked. <laughs> Great day to wear a suit and a tie. Um, and then, yes, uh, we're finishing up now. Uh, we have uh, brand new veterans homes going in, Bemidji, Montevideo, and Preston. Uh, those are uh, going to start admitting residents in January. Uh, Preston, we're hoping to start admitting actually right here after the holidays on January 3rd. Uh, so, commissioners, there's another big uh, job here, and that's hiring. Have you hired everybody you need? You're still looking for people? We have not. Um, you know, healthcare in general, it's a huge challenge uh, after COVID, especially. Uh, uh, healthcare staffing took a big hit, and it hasn't recovered. Um, we are uh, struggling with our existing homes to staff them up to the capacity so that we can uh, um, have a full contingent of veterans in them. Uh, and we're going to have the same challenge with our new homes. Uh, luckily on the new homes, we're, we're starting slowly. Uh, we'll admit just 24 residents in each facility initially, uh, and then we'll work forward until we get our VA uh, approval and our survey complete, and then we'll uh, continue gradually raising that as our staffing allows. So, yeah, we need nursing assistants everywhere. And you're probably, I'm guessing you probably need a few people here in St. Paul, too. Is uh, Are you looking for some veterans? Do they get some preference if they apply for some of these jobs? Oh, absolutely. Yep. Uh, the state has several different veterans preference uh, uh, laws in place. Uh, disabled veterans are uh, actually 30% or more service-connected or entitled to uh, a direct appointment if they meet minimum qualifications. So that's a great way to get in with lot, uh, not a lot of hassle, uh, a little bit of uh, less competitive. So. Commissioner, we have to take a short break. When we come back, we want to talk about 2024. And, Doug, uh, you didn't get a word in there because uh, I had too many questions for the commissioner. I'm going to let you talk about 2024 with the commissioner and, and until later. I might jump in a little bit, but I'll try to give it to you. This well, is, I'm looking forward to this it. This is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, along with uh, my co-host, Doug Wortham, and we've been talking to Brad Lindsay, who has uh, recently been appointed as the permanent commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Brad, at the end of that first segment, we were talking about the jobs available at the cemeteries, at the new homes here in St. Paul. If our listeners want to check on those jobs and see if they're eligible, especially our veterans out there, where do they go to find information? It's at the uh, same website we were talking about earlier, minnesotaveteran.org. In this case, that's minnesotaveteran.org slash careers to go directly to where we're hiring. Uh, but at minnesotaveteran.org is kind of the, the place to go to find everything, including the careers. These are great jobs with good benefits. So all of our listeners out there, if, if you have an opportunity, go on there, check out those jobs, and come on down and join the Commissioner Doug. 2024, the future. Let's find out yeah. what's going to happen. Well, 2024, Commissioner. So, again, congratulations on your uh, your appointment Thank you. uh, to be the Commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. And, you know, you stated uh, earlier that uh, you've been with the department since 1999. You started in January. And so, obviously, you've had multiple assignments throughout that entire time. What has that career meant to you and now kind of culminating here as the commissioner for this fantastic department. Yeah, yeah. I, I always say I, I, I've worked uh, since 1999 off and on because I, I did take a little break there from 2005 to 2011, and I was the Olmstead County Veteran Service Officer uh, uh, and uh, the president of the 
CVSO Association but before I came back to MDVA. But, uh, yeah, uh, I, was, I was saying to the, the governor and their staff when we were when I was interviewing, um, you know, when I got out of the Army, I uh, uh, was a military policeman, and uh, I went into what I'd been trained for. So I uh, actually went to work for the Department of Corrections. Um, working in that law enforcement over the years and in the corrections thing that it, you know it was a good job and it paid good and had good benefits but uh it definitely was not uh, a passion it wasn't something i looked forward to every day and uh, uh in 1999 when i joined mdva uh that all changed that all changed i i found uh uh what has become my life's work and uh um, definitely my passion so um couldn't be happier uh you know i started on that ground level i started in a position that now doug you are a a, a supervisor of <laughs> and uh worked my way up uh yeah i think this is my fifth or sixth actual position within mdva over the years and i think some of that was the the key too is i i worked all those different areas and got experience in so many uh, different parts of uh, the veterans' benefits and services that uh, it made it kind of an easy transition to, to move more into that management role and now as commissioner, and it's just an honor. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you absolutely have to have a passion to want to serve with and for uh, veterans. As the commissioner, um, of course, it goes without saying. And so with that passion that you have, that you've, uh, you know, you came back to starting in 1999, your career all the way up till now, looking forward, how, how is that passion that you have for our veterans uh, driving your priorities now um, in, as we look into 2024? Yeah, uh, you know, the, the good thing is a, a lot of the stuff that we're moving forward with and, and looking forward to in the future is stuff that um, I've worked on for several years now. Uh, homelessness being uh, one of the biggest ones. Uh, um, we didn't really start taking that seriously until 2014. I think the VA secretary in 2010 uh, called for an end to veterans homelessness within, I believe it was five years back then. Um, in 2014, uh, um, while I was deputy commissioner, I started taking a more serious look at it and decided we needed to bring in someone focused specifically on that mission uh, to tell us what we needed to do and to build on it. Um, we've had a, a ton of success since then. We have uh, about 12 or 13 staff that now work on our homelessness effort. And We've ended uh, uh, veterans homelessness in eight of the, the 10 continuums of care in Minnesota. And uh, I, I know my staff early next year are putting in uh, our paperwork to uh, declare the ninth area, which is uh, actually Hennepin County. So we're hoping and looking forward. We think we're right there and we've met the goal for that area and we're going to get a declaration and, we're going to get this done, and then we've got one more county to go, Ramsey County, and then we'll be able to to make the statement that we've ended veterans homelessness in the, the state of Minnesota uh, functionally. And, and that's pretty interesting because I think, um, you know, all along the eight that have already been declared, I wouldn't say they were easy, but we knew, you knew that Ramsey County, Hennepin County was going to be kind of the, the sticking point. And uh, early on, it looked like maybe Ramsey County was going to be uh, there first. 
Yeah, I mean, just logically, the uh, the problem was a lot larger in Hennepin County than it was in Ramsey County. But uh, Hennepin County uh, really stepped up in their partnership with us and really pushed the effort forward. And uh, much to my surprise, they're, they're, it looks like they're going to be the next one. Um, the good thing about that is we've taken care of the biggest pocket uh, and the Ramsey County uh, uh, continuum of care is a is a smaller group uh, to focus on uh, for the rest of next year. So I think we'll get her done next year. And it has to feel good. You know, obviously, within the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, we've talked about this, the team that you have that's working uh, with you. Um, everybody has this focus and the passion to serve our veterans. But it's great to have partners outside of MDVA that are supporting in initiatives like uh, ending uh, homelessness. Absolutely. Um, you know, we couldn't we couldn't do it without the partnership. That that was the first thing when we brought in our first uh, homeless veteran coordinator was getting together all the stakeholders and every one of the players that were kind of involved in the, the homeless arena. Uh, you know, the VA has got so much assistance through their HUD-VASH programs. We could not, we'd be nowhere near uh, ending homelessness without that. Uh, MACV, Minnesota Assistance Council for Veterans, same same thing. Uh, you know, sometimes nonprofits are a little more flexible and can react a little more quickly. So if you give them some funding, um, they can do things uh, better and faster than, than we can in a lot of cases. And uh, they've been a great partner in the effort as well. So. And obviously ending uh, homelessness is uh, is extremely important to take care of that veteran population. But one of the other uh, big initiatives is ending uh, veteran suicide. So what does that progress look like and, and what does 2024 bring? Right. So we've uh, we've already hired in a, a couple folks that we have on our suicide prevention team and they're doing uh, and have done a lot with uh, uh, education, especially getting the word out. Uh, getting folks trained on uh, how to react uh, to situations when they may uh, encounter a, a veteran who's uh, at risk of suicide. Um, moving forward, though, you know, this this past session, we got some uh, additional funding uh, for piloting uh, a healthcare navigator program, we're calling it. So one of the things that uh, has been found with uh, um, the suicides uh, in the state uh, well, I, I should say across the nation with our veteran suicide is most of them aren't connected to their VA uh, health care services. So our plan is to put these navigators uh, into our larger community hospitals, uh, those who are not using VA care, uh, perhaps, and give them an opportunity to connect with the veterans who are going there and then try to get them enrolled into VA care. And then also to try to uh, direct them if they are in crisis when they go to those hospitals over to the VA side of things and, and make sure that uh, um, they're taken care of and they're responded to appropriately. And hopefully that'll have an impact on uh, on our suicide numbers going forward. Well, Commissioner, uh, we have uh, less than a minute here. And, uh, you know, this is your first, I guess, uh, official interview after being uh, selected as the commissioner for the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Uh, just real quick, what message would you like to leave with the state, with our veteran population and the MDVA as far as what you're going to bring to the table as the commissioner? Yeah, uh, like I said, I, I'm I'm very fortunate. Uh, I've got the uh, um, the experience over the years, and I, I've got the historical knowledge of MDVA, and 
Um, I, I think we can can move forward to do things uh, better and faster and maybe uh, skip some of the rehashing of things that have been tried and maybe failed in the past. Um, you know, we're always progressing, always looking to do more, always looking for new ideas and, and uh, new veteran needs uh, out there. And, uh, you know, whatever your needs may be, if you're a veteran, you know, get to a county veteran service officer and talk to them about it because uh, there's a lot of stuff that you probably have no idea exists and uh, in most cases we can help. Well, Commissioner, thanks for joining us today. Uh, we're just about, we're about out of time. When we come back, we're going to talk to uh, uh, Minnesota's Governor uh, Tim Walls and uh, Commissioner, we wish you all the best in the future. Good luck taking care of our veterans. Thank you both. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, and we're over at the Capitol today doing some recording with my co-host, Doug Wortham. And our special guest for the second half of our annual year in review show is Minnesota's Governor, Tim Walls. Governor, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Well, thanks for having me, Tom. Doug, always good to see you again. Yes, sir. Governor, we just had your new commissioner of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs on for two segments, and... uh, been a lot of stuff going on this year and a, and a lot of new things for next year. you got the new homes coming up. You've yeah. you got the legislative session coming up. There's there's a lot happening, and uh, you picked a guy with a lot of experience. A guy with a lot of experience. Well, Commissioner Lindsay's somebody I've known since my time in Congress. He was working down in Rochester as a, a CVSO, but uh, I think it's you're right. we got a lot of things coming online, and, and Brad's had his hand in, in all of those things. He's been there since they started. He's ushered them through, and now as these things come online. Uh, and we had great pool of candidates. People want to serve the state. They especially want to serve veterans. And so it's a testament to Brad's work. It's a testament to the folks around him who know how to do this work. And I think you and your listeners know this. Um, this is a commissioner spot that is truly nonpartisan. It's a commissioner's that have gained trust of veterans um, for decades across the state, and Brad fits that mold perfectly. So we're excited to have the commissioner on board, excited he can get this work done, and he's got, he does have work to do. we got a lot of stuff on the horizon. And, Governor, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs has a lot of work to do, and it happens every day. Every day. It's unfortunate that the former commissioner uh, came down with a, an illness and, and had to resign. You went back a long way with Larry Herkey, back to your military career, and, and uh, I think you worked for him, and, and yes. then you became governor, and then uh, he came and worked for you. Yeah. Uh, a great public service servant, decades yes. of service. Yeah, and Larry and I always talk about we, we both saw it that we work for folks. We work for the people, and I think when you're in the military, after you see it, he was my boss. Um, this was one that, uh, of all the commissioners I had, most of the people that I appoint, I don't know. You know I'm, I'm a school teacher, and... I, I don't had didn't have all those connections. This is one where this was someone I knew, and um, I had worked with him. I knew his character, um, and uh, I'm very proud of that. And of course, the ALS diagnosis with Larry cut his uh, time as commissioner short. Here, uh, he's got great sons around him. I will say that I was out to visit him recently, and uh, he's still talking about these issues. He's still giving me advice and and talking about some of the things that can be done but um uh, just for your listeners and i know tom you focused on this talking about als talking about what we do for our veterans and uh try and make sure i'm very proud after uh the loss of david thomasoni and his advocacy about this minnesota is a leading state when it comes to als research and of course from the mayo clinic to the university of minnesota we got some of the best folks and then of course the flagship va 
And Governor, uh, for our for our listeners, we're going to have a, a VA doctor who specializes in ALS coming on, and he's going to explain to us uh, why or what he thinks the reason is that veterans uh, experience ALS in greater numbers than yeah. uh, the, the general population. Well, I so appreciate you doing that's that. That's coming up. I think it gets your listeners uh, paying attention to this and you know watching your your loved ones who can fall into this. Look, Larry was plugging along, doing his work, and then all of a sudden this comes along and it happens pretty fast. So we wish him all the best and a Merry Christmas to him. Yes, sir. And, Governor, uh, we want to transition that uh, discussion into the CTF, the Commander's Task Force, because yeah. Commissioner Herkley worked closely with them. Commissioner Lindsay's going to work closely with them. And uh, one of the things they do is they get all the veteran service organization commanders together, and they work on some legislative initiatives for the coming year. And, and uh, in a couple of months, we're going to do a show about uh, Veterans Day on the Hill. But you've had a couple of really interesting years at the at the legislature because you've been able to put together a veterans omnibus bill that's uh, that's been passed almost unanimously yeah. instead of having those issues combined yeah. with a bunch of other issues. We're going to be able to do that again, Governor. Well, uh, yes, that's that is my desire. I certainly am. Uh, the legislative branch has their own sets of issues, but I do think this is one uh, where there is almost unanimous support. And this is, I'm really proud of. And this is, of course, we're all products of our past. And people said, well, you know, you're bringing a lot of attention to this. Yes, I, I served in the in the Guard. I, I was ranking member on the House VA. And I think this is an area where I feel very passionately about. And I think we've been highly successful because of that. And for your listeners, they're probably, you they've heard you explain this. We have to debate all the things from building roads to schools to what we do with our fish hatcheries, all the things that state government does. We've determined that we're not going to put the veterans issues in with all those things. We're not going to do it. And it's not even necessarily pejorative that we cut deals to try and compromise to get things done. We just said around veterans issues, let's just not do that. Let's not pit roads against veterans issues, kids meals against veterans issues. Let's do the veterans issues first. Let's do them all together. Let's vote on those. Let's get it done, signed into law, and then let's do the rest of the work. I think it's really encouraging to Minnesotans. I think you talked about the commander's task force. This is how democracy is supposed to work. Advocates for folks who we all care deeply about. You ask Minnesotans and Americans, it's almost unanimous, take care of our veterans. We bring the experts into that. We bring the legislators into that. We craft the bills. We reach the compromises. Things need to be done and we sign it into law. It's not a lot of drama. It's not a lot of fighting. And at the end of the day, I think we lost one vote maybe. I don't, that's almost unheard of. So I'm going to give huge kudos to the Commander's Task Force, huge kudos to uh, all the veterans advocates are out there. Thank you to the uh, the legislature and then the commissioner who helped make that happen. Governor, I just want to mention, I know you've taken the time out of your busy schedule to meet with the Commander's Task Force and yeah. had some dialogue with them. And, of course, they're working on some special issues to, to help take care of the veterans and their families. And uh, we'd like to thank you for that, Governor. That's right. There's a lot of other things going on. Uh, there's a new uh, cemetery in Redwood Falls. Incredible. One with the day we announced that. And I... I said, this place, uh, we were mentioning earlier, your rules here, um, no acronyms, no profanity, and no partisan politics. Um, it's about veterans. And what I find so interesting, we do a veteran sedentary demica- uh, dedication. When people drive through the gates and sit in that space, all of the differences melt away. And there's just a sense. I know there's people in there that they disagree with me on 99.9% of the issues, but not that cemetery and not that day. And it's just really powerful. And that one's beautiful out there. Each of these cemeteries takes on their own feel. In Preston, it's the driftless areas and the hills. This is a prairie cemetery in Redwood Falls. And I talked to veterans out there and said, I farmed this land for 50 years. This is where I want to be buried. 
So it's powerful. And we now have four around the state, including Little Falls and Duluth. Yeah. And, and that means that our veterans can be closer to home. So exactly you can go right. visit them on Memorial Day whenever you want to go. So exactly that's right. great work. Governor, we just got a few minutes left in this segment, but I know you've been working closely with our uh, congressional delegation in Washington, D.C., and they got some wins this year. Uh, got some new aircraft coming for the 133rd. Oh, my goodness. And I want to thank all of them bipartisanly, the Minnesota delegation, and we have C-130s, our transport planes, and every one of your listeners knows the National Guard has dual mission, Title 10, Title 32. The big Air Force and Army needs those aircraft for their mission. We need them here in Minnesota. If they're not upgraded and they're not the most modern, you get left behind. The more maintenance, it's harder. You don't get missions and things like that. We know that this is one of the best units. We have the highest us in Texas recruiting retention rates. We have the best qualified folks, and we had to make the case of all the competing units why we should get the new J models of that. And and we were, I was actually on a trade mission in Japan, and I think it was about 2 a.m. when my staff and I got the word that we had been awarded the J's. So congratulations to those folks. And, Governor, uh, we've talked in the past about the fact that you were in the Minnesota National Guard, but we just got through a couple of tef- tough years with the pandemic. Yeah. Uh, we called up the Minnesota National Guard for an historic number of, of uh, days to yes. help the state. And I know that you watch them, and I'm sure you're aware that the 34th Infantry Division has a has a deployment coming up. Correct. You pay a lot more attention to the, to our soldiers and airmen up for the Minnesota National Guard than I think people realize. Well, we're there with them to welcome them home. We had some folks coming back from the 133rd here recently. We know when these deployments are going, and I think whether it's service bonuses, we ask so much of them, and yet Minnesota ranks one and two with Texas in retention and recruiting. Our folks want to serve, and I think getting them the materials they need, getting them the new field house that we were able to get, getting them some of those types of things keeps folks knowing that we care for them and then expanding um, access to families. So I'm excited about it, and they'll do that mission, but I think all of your listeners know it's become much more dangerous in the Middle East, so we need to be ready. And, Governor, it's always important to make sure that the Minnesota National Guard gets the best equipment and the newest yes, equipment and so we can make sure that when they're sent on mission, uh, missions that our right. soldiers and airmen can get it done safely and get home. That's exactly right, and we've done that in their leadership. At, sorry, you got a Sergeant Major sitting here knows this, the fitness, the mental health piece of this in this new facility at Arden Hills so that we can have the best trained, best equipped, most ready-to-go troops in the world. Governor, we have to take a short break. We've been talking to uh, Governor Tim Walls. Uh, about 2023, when we come back, Sergeant Major is going to ask you about what's up, what's on your <laughs> right. agenda for 2024. Right. It'll be a tough conversation, I'm sure. <laughs> this, is, this is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons, and we're over at the Capitol with my co-host, Doug Wortham, and we've been talking to Governor Tim Walls. And, uh, Governor, we've been talking a lot about 2023 in the past, and um, by the future uh, for Minnesota Military Radio starting halfway through next year is going to be Doug Wortham. He's going to take over as a primary host, and he's going to take over this interview right now and talk about the future. Sir. Well, I'll tell you, those are big shoes, but you might have found the one guy in the state who can do it. So, well, Sergeant, Sergeant Major. Major. <laughs> Sergeant Major, congratulations. Uh, well, thanks, uh, Governor. And, you know, maybe uh, next year when we're doing the year in review, uh, we can reanalyze whether or not it was the right decision <laughs> uh, that was made. Uh, no, it's an absolute honor for me to be able to 
to uh, to fill the uh, the shoes of, of Tom Lyons. He's just been a fantastic host for Minnesota Military Radio for the past 13 years. But uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, 2024. And, you know, we, we've had great success. The state has had great success. Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs has had great success in, in 2023. But there are a couple of big rocks still hanging out there. And I know we spoke to the commissioner about things like uh, homelessness. That's and right. I just, I'd like to get your viewpoint on homelessness and moving into 2024 where you think you can support. Yeah. And this issue of homelessness, of course, broader in society, people see it, um, you know, whether it's issues that come up personally in folks' lives, substance abuse issues, uh, or the economy. Uh, but the one thing is we've decided in this country that no veteran after they serve should should go unsheltered. And I think we've had a plan in the state for about five years. Um, we are ahead of probably every other state. We're down to about 250 or so veterans on our registry. We know them by name, who these folks are. And the goal is to make sure that if a veteran falls into this, that that it is short, temporary, and the service is there to lift them out. We've reduced it to areas across the state, areas of interest. We have two big ones left, obviously, Hennepin and Ramsey. But I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad and I'm also uh, thankful to the folks working on this that we're getting very close to basically functional zero around homelessness of veterans, and we'll continue on. And the commissioner had mentioned that, uh, you know, they're this close to early, early 2024 um, declaring Hennepin. I think that's right. Well, they've done great work, and I'm going to give a thank you to those landlords who have gone ahead and said, yep, we'll house folks, we'll get them in there. This is a partnership issue. Minnesota around the homelessness issue in general that's plaguing the country um, is leading on this, but it's Minnesota you know, Department of Veterans Affairs, it's kind of leading. And one of the things is we know about homelessness, you have to have all the other services. Veterans come with that, health care, job placement, mental health counseling, things like that. So I think Minnesotans expect us to care for our veterans. They expect them to be housed. And we've got a plan. We track it. We're accountable. And I, I think there's a good chance we reach that goal. And I think we, you know, one of the things in politics is to set the bar real low, step over it, and pat yourself on the back. They've <laughs> never done that. They set the bar. And it's not aspirational. Eliminate homelessness. Sometimes when you say that, people are like, oh, yeah, well, that is never going to happen. When we say eliminate homelessness, it means identifying who every single one of them was and what's the plan to get them off the streets. Well, and I so, think that's the key right there is yes. uh, you have to have a plan have and a something plan. to hold yourself accountable to, right? How do you uh, determine what success looks like? Yeah, you have to have them off there. You have to measure it, and you have to make sure you're in there because people are saying, well, somebody will go homeless again. Yes, short, temporary, and move them on. My wife always says this. We named our daughter Hope, most powerful word in the universe, but it's not a plan. you got to have a plan. You can't just <laughs> hope that you get people off the streets. And I'm going to give great credit to all the folks over there that this was an ambitious goal set by – set by us, set by the previous commissioner, and held tightly by the current commissioner who is committed and, and I have full confidence in. He's the right guy to move us in that direction. Well, I'll tie it right back to your military service. We we often would use the phrase, hope is not a combat multiplier. It is not a combat <laughs> so, multiplier. Um, let, let's talk about another uh, big rock, so to speak, and that is uh, suicide prevention. And again, we talked to the commissioner about that, but I know that's another big priority for you. Yeah, I've worked on it for a lot of years. You've Many of you have heard me on this radio talk. Uh, about Clay Hunt, um, twice wounded combat Marine, um, came back working on lots of these issues, lobbied me in my office and that morning that I got the call from his mom that he'd taken his own life. This guy was central casting, 6'3", Marine, twice shot, um, you know, just amazing. 
but life and the things that came about it. So it really fired me up. We passed the Clay Hunt Suicide Prevention Act. And what was the core of that one was, is you got to connect veterans back into their communities. You got to connect them with the local folks who are there. You've got to provide those services. And I keep reminding folks, when you hear the numbers, 20, 21 veterans a day, you know, committing suicide or whatever, I remind folks that uh, 17 or 18 of those have no connection to the VA. They have no connection to the support services that are provided. And I think, Again, a plan, as you said, Sergeant Major, having a plan on this in Minnesota is acknowledging that this is an issue, acknowledging the things that lead to this that we need to attack and that we need to be measurable on it. So it's just tragic, and um, I think we've made huge progress since all of us have been in. There used to be a fear of going and talking to somebody, but you're having an issue because you're afraid you'd get labeled and it would be the end of your career. Now you've got leadership starting with you know the sergeant saying, look, go over there and talk to somebody. This is just a natural reaction you're having. I think we're destigmatizing that. But again, somebody leaves the military, they're out there, they've got no connections. Our mental health support system is strained. We don't have enough folks. Um, I'll make a pitch to folks. If you want to go into service, this is where we need it. Um, be a great place to uh, to help veterans. Speaking of a, of a plan, um, three new veterans homes are going to be opening in 2024. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of work that led into that uh, with, with funding uh, requirements, things that have come through. Um, one of the challenges that, uh, that of course, the homes are going to have is with, with staffing. And I know you want to talk about that, but yeah. I just want to ask you about how proud you are as a, a state and as for this uh department to come through with getting three new homes to to serve our veterans wherever yeah. they are yeah these in the cemeteries we, we get federal money to help us with this it's competitions around the country and i'm really proud of this that uh i i served with john runyon at the time who fun fact for all of you is the nfl's guy who gives the people fines for doing things now that's his job he's a professional football player guy from new jersey guy from minnesota we got together and said we got to do better we got to get federal money into this and we made it a grant program competitive grant program minnesota takes advantage of those we're recognized every year as the best state on the care of these cemeteries and now these veterans homes veterans want to live in uh in their assisted living or you know the nursing home side of these things around other veterans with folks who care for them. We're opening these three new ones to have people closer to home, but I'm sure Brad talked about it. We'll all talk about it. Um, We need staffing. Staffing is a problem. We have the lowest unemployment rate. We have high uh, labor participation rates. But I would encourage people out there thinking, this is a good job. It's a state job. It comes with good benefits. But the one that I can't put on a spreadsheet is you will be caring for our state's veterans. And the work environment and the morale in a veteran's home is simply something to behold. And and I would ask folks thinking about there, the Bemidji, the Montevideo, the Preston area, um, if you're looking for work and, and we can get you trained up, we can do some of these things to help out. If you want to get one of these jobs, um, come on in and see us. You'll, you'll be doing a great service to the state. So, Governor, you had mentioned uh, early on about, you know, the process that you went through to select um, Commissioner Lindsay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, what you tell him was to be the focus for 2024 and him taking on this new role. Yeah, and this came and there was, as I said, it was the the pool of applicants was was stunning to me. Um, and and I think the biggest thing was is is talking to Brad about these projects that need to go over, continue to do the good things we're doing, um, but not be afraid to talk about where we're not getting it right. Be the be honest on there, and, and I'll just be candid with you. I asked him about morale at the Hastings home. 
and what we need to do. I fought for years and, and finally got that battle. To, we're going to put a new one in there. But there was some conflicts around staff there, and I, I don't think it serves us any good to not talk about it, to not do it. And Brad took that question on head on, um, you know, gave assurances that we're going to get there. And I, I think implementing these veterans' homes, staffing them up, and making sure the care is the best they can get anywhere in the world, that's a real top priority for me. He'll manage all the rest of the stuff, the budget stuff and some of those things, but I think that's where I put the focus because I, I do think um, it's a core value of what we are as a society. If we can't care you know, at the highest level for them, it, I think it undermines everything, and we've done that. But I don't want to kid anybody. This is going to be hard in this environment to stand these things up to staff them and to make it work. Well, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone who's got more experience inside of MDVA than Commissioner Lindsay. Yep, that had a lot to do with it, and he has the support of the team there. He has the support of folks who've worked for him. And i just give one final on, on Brad. This is a guy who's never once talked about himself. He's never once. He didn't lobby for this job. He just simply did the work and earned it, and that's a pretty good way to get it. <laughs> yeah, selfless service sounds like a value that we yeah. all know about. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, Tom, look at, I mean, we're at the uh, end of this uh, this segment. And, and Governor, it's just been great to have you in the studio with us here, our makeshift studio um, over at the Vet Service We've got a great building. team. We've got a great team here, uh, new commissioner. And uh, thanks so much for spending some time with us on Minnesota Military Radio. Yeah, thank you both. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your families and, and all the veterans are out there. we got folks around the world. I'd leave with one. We uh, we lost Cade Wolf and Jeff Horneman, active duty soldiers from Minnesota here in the last few months, talked to their family. It's going to be a sad time for them. Um, so think about all those families that are separated from their, their loved ones over the Christmas season. Merry Christmas to you. Governor, I hope we have a great year here in Minnesota next year, and all the best to you. Merry Christmas. Thanks, thanks so much. Thanks Merry for Christmas. joining us. We're just about out of time. Uh, thanks for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, including my co-host Doug Wortham. Minnesota's Governor Tim Walls, Commissioner Brad Lindsay from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Please join us next week for our annual Year in Review show with the Minnesota National Guard and the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Tom Lyons, and I hope that you make a difference in someone's life this week. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at Minnesota Military. MilitaryRadio.com.